0: Happy Hour with Julie and Liz.
1: So Liz. Yes. I have um, some great news. Share. On Happy Hour. <laughs> um, So Joe Biden has given the country a really great cheerful ultimatum.
0: Okay, those are the best kinds of ultimatums, cheerful yes. ones.
1: Yes. Either you can wear a mask or you can get vaccinated. That's your choice. Is anyone
0: listening to him anymore? Is anyone listening to these people anymore?
1: Seriously. Apparently they thought if they came up with a catchy phrase, which is he, it was beyond embarrassing and it probably took like 305 uh, takes before they got it. It's his little video that says, vax. Or masked. It doesn't even rhyme.
0: (laughs) No, it's not even a good slogan. It's just, it's like, plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief. It's just like, what? Yeah. I go back to my original point. Who is listening to these people anymore that Rochelle Walensky, isn't she the head of the CDC now? Yes. Rochelle Wolinsky yes. is this emotionally fragile mm-hmm. like woman who is I think once she was like crying almost. She did this like entire whiplash. I think a week ago she swore to God she wouldn't even let her kid go to summer camp. And then yesterday <laughs> she's like, Oh, you don't need to wear masks outside or if you're vaccinated, you need to wear masks. So at this point, after over a year of listening to these people are our public health officials, our respected public health officials who've been all over the place. We still don't have actual answers to critical questions uh, regarding the coronavirus and the risks with the coronavirus and the transmission of the coronavirus. I don't know why anyone's listening
1: to anything these people say. I don't either. And I mean, to your point, half of the people really are not listening. And so for those who are like, oh yeah, okay, Joe Biden will either get a vaccine or a mask. Half the like the people in the South are like, GFU. We're well, not, not doing. We haven't done either, and nor do we plan on it.
0: How many states? There, there are several states didn't ever have a mask mandate, and then some states had a very brief mask mandate. That and it's a significant number. Um, right. Without the mandate, not to mention, I think with the exception of people who live in densely populated cities, if you live more in the suburbs or spread out, you're probably not wearing a mask. You know, I mean, these these this mask fascism really only applies in, like, large, dense cities like Karen's in New York or in L.A. or San Francisco or something like that. I think regular people are just like, I'm not wearing a mask, especially if you're not around anybody. So, and remember, it was didn't matter if you were outside protesting, if you were protesting for social justice, but mm-hmm. the, it was not deadly. But it is deadly if you were going to the state house because you were tired of being locked down and having your business destroyed. So, you know, I just think the CDC is just a clown, a clown organization. And I saw today the Washington Post some um, stenographer. Wrote about how there shouldn't be, they shouldn't allow people to go maskless unless there is a vaccine passport. Because, as I mentioned to you earlier, how are you going to know if someone's vaccinated anyway?
1: Well, what are, okay, so what are they going to do? I know that people want these vaccine passports. I've seen things related to like a QR code on your phone where you could show restaurants or, you know, whoever that you've been vaccinated. But How is that going to work? I know that they want to try to make it work, but how is that going to work? You know what I think? I
0: think that the government won't do it, but what will happen is that the corporate restaurants and corporate businesses will come together and say, "Um, we've chosen this app to Um, you know, if you want to come to our establishment, you have to register, you know, through this app, it will all be done through the private sector, you know, like COVID free or whatever, me COVID free, the new (laughs) app, and you'll have to sign up and I guess, furnish them proof of your vaccination, then you'll get like the coveted QR code. And then, you know, large stores like Costco or restaurants like TGI Fridays, um, We'll say you you know if you want to dine with us you need to present that code or baseball like sporting venues Disneyland things I that's or airlines I think I bet that's going to happen because there's no way to make sure that if if the government is graciously permitting us to not wear a mask there's no way for people to there's no way for people to know if someone is or isn't vaccinated and as we No, if you're not vaccinated you're not entitled to the freedoms afforded by the bill of rights and natural (laughs) law so but i bet that's what happens julie they're gonna go to it'll all be done privately they'll find some company that'll be the you know just the way that you can log into websites through facebook you know you don't it'll like a website will say do you want to log in with your facebook account don't ever do that if you're a listener okay don't um that, that's what they'll do. They'll find a third party and they'll say, okay, it, you know, I'm independently verified by, you know, COVID free, me COVID free or whatever. So you heard that first. Maybe, Julie, do you want to go into business and make that app? We would get so rich. Let's do it now. Let's You could do it. You charge like it. five bucks. The wave, we'll, wave of the future. We'll certify you as legitimate citizen and then you'll be have your freedoms.
1: So sounds, what sounds great. great. What was great yesterday was seeing the reaction by the lefties who are just mask cultists like Rachel Maddow admitted on air how traumatic this is going to be for her seeing people without masks and how she would handle this trauma. Um, and, you know, people are still I mean, the vaccinated people have been wearing masks. They want to wear masks forever for whatever reason. Um, and so this really, but the CDC director, Rochelle Walensky is a complete head case. As you just said, she should be fired. She never should have been hired in the first place. Um, her mixed messaging on everything just proves she's not just incompetent. She's also very stupid. Um, and so, when she was talking about basically torturing her child who's been counting down the days to go back to summer camp this summer, and he hit zero, and she kind of gloated about how she told yep. him, no, you're not going. Um, these people have completely shot their credibility, and it's fine for me because most of these experts have always been wrong, whether it's climate, whether it's food guidance, and now, of course, COVID, lockdowns, vaccines, et cetera. They have completely shot their credibility, which is troubling for the future. Because when there is something serious that happens, no one will believe Next them. time,
0: they no won't one will.
1: believe them. No yeah. one will
0: believe them. Also, yesterday, um, Andrew Cuomo, the you know homicidal mayor of New or um, governor of New York, announced that people, if you get vaccinated, you get free French fries from Shake Shack, which, and I wanna be honest here, Shake Shack has good French fries. I don't eat them very often, but they are excellent fries. But it seems like when we're talking about a virus that disproportionately affects the obese, that incentivizing people to take a vaccine by eating French fries, and you can get like cheese and bacon on those too, or I believe that there was- Oh man, now I'm
1: hungry.
0: I'm sorry. Well, you can get a vaccine and it's on the house, baby. Um, but there was another incentive to get you would get free donuts. And I feel like this is another blow to the public health credibility when our the nutritionists are telling us, go get vaccinated. and You're going to get a donut or French fries. I, I mean, right. How about a cup of
1: celery juice or something? I don't know. Just, but look, this this is the trajectory of what we were told from the very beginning. Everything has been wrong. Go inside your house and stay there and don't leave. What is the number one vector of spread? Households. Do, uh, we closed down the gym, but that was completely the wrong thing to do. Don't go outside. No, you need, you know, vitamin D and C and everything that you get good from outside. Okay, wear a mask outside. No, now there's zero evidence never was that it was spread outside. And only a moron would ever believe that to begin with. Why do you need now a study to put it? But prove it was it?
0: misrepresented. Not only is it not true, the study that it was absolutely misrepresented by the CDC to say that it was, it was some outrageous thing. Like it's, there's a less than something like a 10% chance, right? Or a 10% or less chance. Like notice that semantics 10% or less
1: and 10% it turns out, or zero
0: right <laughs> it turns out it's 0.01 of a percent chance so technically is it inaccurate no is it a lie absolutely um you know they you're right they've done everything wrong so it's like keep you inside to you know r- Take order away, rob cash. you of sunshine and vitamins <laughs> and then also have french fries and donuts and then Someone else, I can't, I don't remember who said this. It was, may have been a late night idiot, like spin spin master court jester or some celebrity that suggested that the vaccine people go to bars and when people are drunk and less inhibited, you you get in the vaccine. And I was like, oh, so like a date rape? Like a date rape, you know? (laughs) Oh
1: my God.
0: So we've just gone to a bad place in this country and it's this is just another example of the loss of faith in institutions. So, I think by now people the sane people have checked out long ago and then you really get a sense of how psychologically fragile a large chunk of our population is. There's so many stories on the different news websites, especially the elite progressive corporate media about how to cope with like returning to society and, you know, you had mentioned um, Rachel Maddow was, you know, in in turmoil over, you know, returning to a maskless society. I mean, I don't know how old she is, but she's like in her forties. Right. I mean, she lived for 40 years without a mask on her face, but I guess it's too traumatic. So there's just a lot of really snowflakey, fragile people that, um, you know,
1: are, are, are unstable, it's going to be really easy for China to take over. Well, at least now we can dump the masks, um, which was all this timing was super coincidental because as we know this week, the world is imploding and <laughs> we can get rid of our face masks, but apparently half the country can't find gas. Yeah, so...
0: Car. That was a really interesting situation we had this week that, and you acutely, astutely noted, Julie, that this mask, this generous mask reprieve comes on the heels of essentially like a major meltdown and melting of the bonds of society. Well, we have a gas shortage and we also had um, Armageddon over in the Middle East. So there's that and let's talk about the gas shortage so in a nutshell a major pipeline in the southeast of the united states and the atlantic area so the pipeline goes all the way along the south up to almost like new jersey on um, that provides a large amount of gas to the country and there was a ransomware attack meaning some hackers took control of the computing system and told the company, if you want to access your computers again, you have to pay us $5 million in an untraceable cryptocurrency. I'm guessing it was in Monero, could be in Bitcoin. And there was no gas. So that slowly (laughs) all the gas, you know, was used up. Also, it was in the news. So people started panicking so much so that the Consumer Protection Office, um, I guess, earned their keep by announcing to people don't fill up trash bags with gas um, because that was happening so wow, there was a major gas shortage states I know I think North Carolina had like 40 40% at least 40% of the gas stations there was no gas same with Atlanta there's no gas in my area of Washington outside Washington D.C. and Virginia so it was quite the problem and The company, finally, they did pay the ransom, which is a very bad precedent. And what was even more disturbing than the fact that basically a public utility was hacked, um, the Biden administration had just a very blasé uh, response to it. Um, But Joe Biden told people not to panic. I know Jen Psaki uh, was asked about it at a press conference, and she said that, you know, that's a private company, so it's, it's not really, it's not the government's <laughs> business. Um, okay.
1: Amazing.
0: Biden, Amazing. Yeah, and Biden wouldn't answer whether or not he had been told that the company paid the ransom. And this is a very bad precedent. It's the same reason we're not really supposed to um, pay ransoms for to terrorists. You know, once this becomes, once we have like a proof of concept that this is a good way to make money, then this will continue to happen. And apparently uh, the federal offices and different businesses that are in charge of essential services are not particularly insulated from hackers. There have been all sorts of um, ransomware attacks around the country. They haven't gotten a lot of press. I know Baltimore got completely, their entire government apparatus was held for ransom. There's corporations that have it. And You know, so who's
1: behind it, though? Like, who who's the Russians, Julie, Julie? Oh, right. 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 God, (laughs) you know, Vladimir Putin just wishes like he had a tenth of the power and influence that the American media and Democrats think that he has.
0: Seriously. I mean, I don't I don't know if we can trust the government you know, to say that it was the Russians, since that's kind of the default of anything that goes sideways, it's the Russians, Um, who knows? But I think more importantly is why are we not, why are these computer systems not secured? Um, Why are they hackable? This is very disturbing Um, and like I mentioned, this has happened to different cities and companies around the, around the country. And, you know, I don't know what the, the federal government, I mean, I feel like this might be something the federal government, um, you know, should somehow be involved in, because I'm sure you remember that our own federal government has been hacked multiple times. Um, the office, I believe the personnel office was hacked and millions of personnel oh, information right. was hacked by the Chinese. The, 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 Almost every, under Obama, almost every agency got breached to some extent by these hackers. So it's, it's a really, really fucked up situation. Now, apparently the pipeline is slowly coming back online. Now, I had read, and I can't remember where, so this might be wrong, but I'm just going to say it anyway because it's a good story, that too good to fact check. Um, the, the <laughs> company actually had backup and was restoring their computer system, but it was very slow. So you decided to pay the hack, the, the hacker $5 what million and then the hackers turned over like the, whatever the algorithm or whatever was necessary to, to get, to, to get access. And it was even slower than the backup. So it was just like, Oh, great. Could you be any dumber? I mean, this is just <laughs> an epic problem and I, this is one of the issues that's very hard to hide from the public. The media is really, as activists and not really journalists, are constantly curating the information that the public sees in order to further their personal and group political agenda. But mm-hmm. it's very difficult to conceal something that has a direct effect on people that you can't hide. So someone's gas, getting in a gas line is something you can't hide from people. G- not being able to fill your car up with gas is, again, this is a kitchen table issue. It's is a huge deal. So, you know, it. I, I would like to think that some people have used this opportunity to reflect on how important it is for America to be energy independent. Um, right. Meanwhile, I, but didn't Biden threaten, or Whitmer um, threaten to shut down another pipeline? I mean, aren't they debating whether to shut some more pipelines down right, <laughs> as this goes
1: on? I mean, this is <clears throat> obviously, this is what the Democrats want for whatever reason. I don't know who's making a ton of money off of this. Um, but Yes, she is threatening to shut down a pipeline as well. Obviously, XL pipeline has already been shut down. Correct? That's
0: yeah. No, that was done. like wasn't that the first thing Joe Biden did? Yeah,
1: it was like in his first hundred minutes. Yeah. Um, Seconds. So, but of course, this is causing economic chaos. So we have inflation up. We have uh, just reported this morning. Uh, consumer confidence is low. They expected it to be around 90. Uh, it declined to 82. Uh, U.S. Uh, consumer confidence falling <clears throat> unexpectedly, they said. Uh, obviously, we know the jobs, recent jobs report was way off. What was it off by? 800,000 jobs? Yeah, or it was off by, it was like
0: a third <laughs> of what it was projected or a quarter of what it a was
1: projected. A quarter, I think. Yeah. So, <clears throat> and the stock market obviously is a little bit rattled. But they you know, food prices are up. Obviously, gas prices are up everywhere. They were rising even before this happened. So this is not the economic boon that the uh, white privileged Chardonnay moms in the suburbs of our great American cities were promised. So and I mean, of course, then this goes back to the whole take off your mask, uh, you know, freebie trying to um, quash all of this really bad news that's coming out um, and so but look this is allegedly what 81 million voters wanted so here you have it
0: yeah the inflation is another um, as I referenced earlier um, you know everything is kind of imploding um, and not just abstractly imploding in a policy uh, in po- among policy people and in, in a dispute there but it's literally affecting people. And again, the gas, and you're right, gas prices were already on the rise because, of course, Biden immediately said he was going to shut down the and did shut down Keystone XL. And now we have goods, the price of milk is going up, the price of eggs, the price of beef, um, the price of tofu. Oh, no. Um, oh, yay. Everything is, is, is going up. I'm sure you've been following the cost of lumber, um, right. people who... That has definitely been in the headlines. The price of lumber has like tripled or quadrupled to the point where people who started building houses can't finish their houses because the 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 materials necessary to build a house are so much more exp- expensive than they were projected to be. So this is also not good. And we're what are we five months into this this hellfire, this Biden hellfire, um, with the inflation and then. The gas shortages, I don't know, it was very like Carter esque. Reminded me of when I was little and my parents. Um, yeah, exactly. Waiting in line to get gas. The good old, the heyday, the halcyon days of the Carter administration. But in addition to that inflation and the gas shortage, we have um, Armageddon forming in the Middle East. This all happened so fast. If you think about the condition of, where the Trump administration left, um, I mean, we had the pandemic, but I I think if Trump had been reelected, we would not be having these problems.
1: No. Like we're
0: having now. I mean, it's very possible um, the pipeline would have been hacked, but you know, we wouldn't have had all of these other, or who knows, I don't know, I'm not an economist, so it's hard to say. But in addition, now we just have the Middle East is a dumpster fire right now. And which is a good opportunity to take a look at how very anti Semitic the Democrat Party and their supporters are. (laughs) It's just a real just the 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 mask is off, so to speak, no pun intended. No pun intended with that. (laughs) So over in Israel, if you're not following in the Middle East, there has been all sorts of drama it started or the pretense of the drama is that there are i believe six homes in israel that are being occupied by palestinians but they are owned by israelis that's in dispute and that court case is working its way through the israeli court system but hamas which is in charge of the palestinians decided to start firing rockets into Israel for whatever reason. There were also a couple other of events. Um, there was allegedly the um, the main mosque there was on fire, but it wasn't. It was some trees. There was all sorts of little skirmishes. Tens- tensions were rising. And then Hamas started firing rockets into Israel. And then, of course, as it always is, whenever Israel responds, the world says Israel's is the aggressor, um, but I think the bigger takeaway from this is where were the rockets under Trump? Um, right. We didn't. We didn't have any of this mishigas, as my people say. Um, in Yiddish, it means like trouble. Um, Wait, say Trump, that again. Mishagos. Mishigas? Mishagos. M-I-
1: say, say it Jew. Say it Jewishy. How do you say it right? <laughs> Michigan Michigan I might That's steal it. that you should Can do I use it? it you you
0: you do it well so I think you could pass for <laughs> sure um so but the the one of the most important developments to understand this is that the Biden administration unfroze aid to these Palestinian quote aid organizations that the Trump administration had frozen and the Trump administration had frozen money because the Palestinians could not promise that the money wouldn't be used for terror. So we cut them off. And then the Biden administration, probably right after Keystone XL, no, it was like a month ago, opened up the gates to something like $235 million in aid for the Palestinians. And then shortly thereafter, there's Iranian rockets raining down all over Israel. So you can get a sense of How fast the Biden administration, whoever that is, because it's not Biden, it is accelerating their radical agenda. Because it's, again, four to five months in. I mean, remember poor Trump? That guy got sued every time he did anything. There was like 100 lawsuits. And some judge in Hawaii, like suspended, (laughs) you know, put a freeze on it. Right. Just absolutely incredible. So the media, which are... Very anti Semitic. And then, of course, the usual suspects Rashida Tlaib, Ilan Omar, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, and various um, Hollywood luminaries and brain trusts and uh, political celebrities have weighed in, you know, g- attacking Israel for trying to defend itself against these rockets, which are literally indiscriminately raining down on Israel. They're not directed at military installations. They are, they are targeting civilians. So it's, it's really, uh, as a, as a Jew, it's just so disgusting to see how anti-Semitic this country has become and really how anti-Semitic the Democrats have become
1: or revealed themselves to be since I think they've secretly were. I mean, they are, they have been right. I mean, When they tried to pass or the Democrats pretended that they were going to pass that resolution denouncing uh, Ilhan Omar for her anti-Semitic comments. And then it just got watered down and watered down and basically, you know, was turned to the Republicans. Um, So, I mean, wow, It, it is like 1978 all over again. It's sort of crazy how what a huge leap back in time we've taken. It, now it really we need is. like, we need like a misery index. Remember the misery index in oh the Carter years we where it start was like, that. we should we really start should. that. Let's get that going again. We should. That's a great idea. Um, Cause it was yeah. like inflation, interest rates and some, and unemployment. I think I'll add it up together for just like the malaise, the malaise no, of the Carter years.
0: The unemployment is voluntary. That's another feature of the Biden administration, who is continuing to throw money at people and extend unemployment benefits, which is dissuading people from going back to work. And now businesses can't find people to work.
1: So, no, Liz, that is not happening. Joe Biden even said so. Oh, okay. These these okay. overly generous unemployment benefits are not an incentive not to work. To pish posh. <laughs> pish posh yes. on you. So
0: there are people that are just refusing to go back to work. Now some states have by themselves cut off the unemployment. Um, mostly the red states because they want to get their you know economy
1: operating. Um, So when you go into any restaurant now uh, and we've done this both in Florida and here in Illinois, it's impossible for these restaurants to hire people or to get people to come back, you know, from, you know, the restaurants obviously being closed mostly in Illinois, not so much Florida. But even Florida, they're having a hard time because obviously their tourism industry is thriving. People are moving there. They're traveling there. Um, but the restaurants and hotels are having a really hard time getting people either back to work or or new hires because of these employment benefits. So I do think DeSantis signed something. What did he do? Eliminate the the booster, the unemployment Maybe. booster, I think. Yeah. So, um yeah. So where is this headed, Liz? Like what what's next for Biden? They basically have declared the pandemic over. They're going to push vaccines. Uh, The Middle East is on fire um, and we have all these problems here. Now they're talking about this massive infrastructure bill. Even Mitch McConnell is going along with it. So Biden and Kamala, by the way, did you know that Kamala Harris dated Montel Williams? Did you see that clip circulating this week? No. What? She dated Montel Williams. Oh, my God. You should have seen her back in the day. I mean, no, no, no thank you. <clears throat> uh, anyway, so they had this uh, meeting in the Oval Office with McConnell and McCarthy and obviously Schumer and Pelosi. They're negotiating another massive infrastructure bill that will be roughly a trillion dollars. And McConnell, of course, is going along with it, wanting to find bipartisanship with this with the Biden regime and these horrible Democrats. Which is another reason McConnell needs to be run out of office, at least out of leadership. Um, and so that's coming next. So I, you know, that's going to be the next thing to kind of paper over that's underlying economic chaos that's happening.
0: Well, I think what they do in this situation is the thinking of the establishment GOP is that we we can negotiate our cooperation so we have a say in how the money is spent that instead of just saying absolutely not, if you compare the mirror image of, you know, the way that the Democrats dealt with anything Trump wanted with the way that the Republicans deal with anything Biden wanted, and it's like absolutely no similarity. The Democrats put their foot down. They refu- Remember they refused to meet with Trump. I think he invited them when he first was elected into the White House and they just refused <clears> to go. <throat> they refused to meet. They refused right. to make any deals on anything. And here's yeah. McConnell. Kevin McCarthy, they're they're ready. They're like bend over, show their butt. They're like right here. It's okay. Here's my butt. You can have it. And it's, it's so frustrating. You're you're right. It absolutely needs to. They need to go. And they don't represent the in the interests of um the of Americans. They don't represent the interests of their constituency. Just full stop. So, you know, we're gonna keep seeing that and a lot of people are projecting that the republicans are going to take the house at the midterm but right. i'm just like and what does that mean you know they're going to take the house and what's going to happen nothing you know is kevin mccarthy going to still going to be the majority <laughs> leader i mean that's going to get us nowhere it's almost useless and it's not like they're going to do what the democrats did where they just began like their own shadow government like oh we're going to hold trials you know our committees are going to hold trials now on the president. Right. We were, right. we suffered from that for how, you know, um, all, for two years of their little, uh, you know, kangaroo courts over and over. And the mainstream media was, um, you know, all too excited to cover all that shit.
1: So anyway, um, well, let's talk about, I mean, another big mistake Kevin McCarthy made. Uh, what it Huge miscalculation, or some people said, well, it wasn't miscalculation. He did it on purpose for whatever reason. So he elevates Liz Cheney to conference chair. Obviously, she was uh, the majority of Republicans voted for her, but she's just shooting off her big mouth. Look, I, I watching Liz Cheney, she's not a bright person. She's not very smart. She regurgitates all of these talking points from the left. She has zero new ideas, any policy ideas. I don't know what exactly she stands for. I assume just more war like her father. To hear a Cheney talk about the destructiveness of a lie being told and how it incites violence. I mean, come on. Hello, irony alert. But here she has been this, you know, Uh, this burden to the Republican part that Trump supporting or even not even Trump supporting America first people. And um, she's just continued to say one inflammatory thing after the other, one lie after another. And finally she was scuttled this week, but not before the left. And of course her fellow never Trump Republicans have now anointed her as their latest martyr and their hero Um, how stupid, like this was something we did not have to be bothered by.
0: Well, it's totally predictable. Um, what Liz Cheney did and I'm honestly surprised that they did get rid of her. It, it, it shows that somebody does have an idea of the way that the tide has turned, um, in the party. Now, uh, The media and the smart people, the corporate media, they want to, and they are, they have portrayed this as Liz Cheney was rejected because she doesn't like Trump and that she didn't buy into the fact that there were gross election irregularities and many people are not confident in the results of the election. And so... The Atlantic, The New Yorker, The Guardian, New York Times, um, CNN, MSNBC, all of the usual people were slobbering all over themselves to celebrate this woman whose father I think they wanted to bring up on charges in The Hague, you know. They wanted him years. like
1: executed.
0: Right. But or in Gitmo. But now she is his hero. And the story is it's because she she rejects Trump. And that is a gross misunderstanding, but intentional of why Liz Cheney was rejected. And Liz Cheney was rejected is because she simply doesn't represent the actual party anymore. She represents like 20 people in Washington, D.C. on the Republican side that have an interest in the establishment GOP, the wars, the big spending on what, you know, their priorities are, um, corporate benefits, corporate tax breaks, corporatism, crony capitalism, that's what she represents. And that is just simply not the party. And so there's no reason that she should be in leadership anymore. But it—that that is not a good narrative for the left to put out there. They don't want people to realize that. They want um, people to think it's because the people that make up the Republican Party, the voters, the citizenry, are just batshit insane. And they're crazy cult people. And they're going to get rid of the precious Liz Cheney because um, she she doesn't like Trump. And secondarily, Liz Cheney spent her time attacking her own party. Um, do you ever see the Democrats attack one another?
1: I never. know. You never. never
0: see them ever, ever do that. But Liz Cheney was focused on shit-talking Trump, who's still very popular among the party, but also denigrating the actual people in the party. You know, um, this just doesn't have anything to do with Trump. But for Liz Cheney, it did. And I think she was trying to do everything she thought she could do to make sure that there wouldn't be, you know, another Trump-like a trump wave uh, with Trump-like policies, which are, in fact, in conflict with her and the establishment's political policies. And unfortunately somebody was smart enough to realize that people will just not vote for Republicans anymore. They will not get reelected and they won't take back the House and they'll just check out um, all the people that supported Trump, the people that weren't political but liked the things that Trump said and all the people that were alienated that didn't vote for John McCain or Mitt Romney. So, um, you know, that's that's the real reason that Liz Cheney was removed. It had really nothing to do with Trump. It's just more important for the Democrats to put out that narrative that, you know, the cult, the Trump cult, rejected that, you know, wise and rational Liz Cheney. And you know, it's possible she may lose her um, reelection bid. So I mean, she,
1: she doesn't even live in Wyoming, right? Like she, she has lived in Washington D.C. pretty much her entire life. She moved to Wyoming or got, you know, a little apartment there or something in, what, 2014 or 2013 to run against Mike Enzi for Senate. She lost that. And then she ran for Congress in 2016 and won. She's only been a congressman, congresswoman for four years. It's not like she's, you know, some legend in in the House of Representatives. Like, what has she accomplished? Nothing. She has no major – she has no – Signature legislative achievements. She was nowhere to be found on Russiagate. Absolutely nowhere. Never said a, a word. Lied about the Russian bounty thing.
0: Oh she, no, she was instrumental in the Russian bounty thing. You know, she was out there. And of course, once right. a Republican buys into and promotes the leftist narrative, they're elevated. You know, and what yeah. they do is their basics. Like Liz Cheney was smelling her own armpits. You know, <laughs> she was like so drunk with her own. You know, cel- celebrity status. Once, once they come out against Trump or, you know, against Republican voters, these dumb Republican idiots that are in a Trump cult, you know, and then they're elevated up to this like godlike deity status. And right. I do, I think she smells her own. She was smelling her own armpits.
1: That's hilarious.
0: But th- but it's I think it's accurate. I mean, it's super accurate. <laughs> so you know, there are a lot of people I think that have already registered, um, to primary her.
1: Well, um, yes. And I, I can't see her winning, but you know, now she's got an interview. Savannah Guthrie took a time out from asking Anthony Fauci how she should raise her six-year-old and her four-year-old and interviewed another child, Liz Cheney. Uh, and it kind of confronted her about a few things, which was actually good to see. But, um, yeah, so she's, uh, she's will lose, but she'll, you know, write a book and she'll, she'll be the new, you know, she'll be the funded.
0: She'll, she'll be the funded. By, <laughs>
1: exactly. She'll be funded by Piero Midiar, who, you know, takes, who does, you know, funds uh, ever, all the never Trumpers. These people
0: always get like a patronage, you know, um, the establishment people, they will always have patronages. So, She'll have, you know, whether it's Halliburton or Northrop Grumman or some defense contractor that, you know, has Liz Cheney represents in Congress, you know, the blood for
1: oil crowd.
0: Exactly. The (laughs) blood for oil crowd. Exactly. So, you know, I think that was, I think overall it was a good thing. Now, Elise Stefanik is her replacement. They voted this morning on that. And that was kind of almost inherited to her. Um, Only at the last minute did Congressman Chip Roy throw his hat in the ring? I think yesterday, then they voted this morning. So it's already over. So what do you think about Stefanik filling that role?
1: I mean, I like Elise Stefanik. She did a pretty good job with Russiagate. She really confronted um, Jim Comey in March of 2017, that famous clip of her asking him about the investigation and why um, he did not notify Congress as he was supposed to about the investigation. She was good there. She was very good in uh, impeachment. Um, her record is not very conservative, hasn't been, and so that's why Representative Chip Roy challenged her to be mm-hmm. conference chairman. He, they voted this morning, and and she won. Um, but you know she's young, and hopefully she will not follow in Liz Cheney's footsteps, and you know. Go, advance the America first agenda. Uh, Trump obviously backed her. He issued several statements in her favor.
0: Yeah, but he's and, like an idiot on that. To be honest, let's be honest. I mean, oh, Trump he has is. a fucking highway of jackasses that he has endorsed, including people that then promptly went on to knife him in the back. So, right. You know, I don't know. I don't know who's advising him on the political matters. No uh, one. But they suck. <laughs> Because I mean, and this is not—I'm not saying this because of Elise Stefanik. I'm just saying he, you know, Trump doesn't have a great a great track record on these on these things. And um, but I I want to be optimistic. I will say this: um, nobody gives a fuck about who the GOP conference chair is. You know, if you go ask. This is the most important thing in the world. (laughs) Is it more important than the gas shortage and the (laughs) Armageddon and inflation? (laughs) No one even knew there was such a thing as a conference chair. Nobody knows what that is. So it really isn't. It's really inside baseball. It's not outside baseball. But I hope I think that the one possible positive on this is that there isn't somebody in the GOP leadership who is going around and shitting on the party members like Liz Cheney. Wasn't there some establishment hack? You might remember who it was where they were talking about how they had to take the party back, like, and, and bring the voters around to the old way again or some, something like it was some sad thing. Like, it's not you, it's me, or it's not me. It's you. And it's like, no, (laughs) it's you, you know, right. It's, It's not the voters it's the leadership, it's not the other way around. So I'm hoping that Elise Stefanik, and she seems very savvy, You know, she was yes. herself a Trump supporter. I don't know what's in her heart of hearts, so it's, I don't care. But she's smart enough to know that shitting on your party members is not a path to victory. So at least you won't have someone in leadership going on MSNBC or CNN or in the Washington Post and all the important Mandarin magazines talking about how much you hate your party because they're gross. So there's that, there's that benefit. Don't give aid and comfort to the enemies, so to speak. So we can, we have reason to be, you know, at least there's that, that, I guess. Um, But look,
1: McConnell and McCarthy, they have to be, they have to be ousted next time. They, I mean, for the Republicans have a very good shot of getting the house back. There's no doubt about it, but I can't get behind a party that will have Kevin McCarthy as speaker of the house. I just, I Well, think you mean, geez. Frank
0: Luntz's roommate, Frank Luntz's roommate. Um, so here's <laughs> what needs to happen. So get your pen and paper out. Okay. Pay here's, attention look, people. I'm about to drop some truth bombs on you. <laughs> so if the, If this is the end goal is to get rid of McCarthy, somebody, I don't know, somebody, party leadership, so it probably won't happen, needs to go out and recruit Republican candidates who are, you know, more populist and get them in to Congress. So that process should have already started. You know, where are the vulnerable seats? Who are they? And then get good candidates in there. And when necessary, primary, like a kid singer or you know, another one of these fucks. So that's the first thing. And then if you do take the house, you have a majority of the GOP conference that will be able to get rid of Kevin McCarthy. Because uh, if you put in more of Kevin McCarthy's into Congress, you're never gonna get him out of Speaker of the House. And so it won't matter. So it's a process and if any, if the people on our side weren't idiots, that would have already started. In fact, that's really what Trump should have been doing with his political capital and influence is going around and recruiting good candidates that are more populist and less corporatist and less um, globalist and get them into office. And that way, there would have been a voting block to to get rid of Kevin McCarthy. Otherwise, it is not gonna happen. Because the groups that have the money and the resources to recruit and train candidates and help them are the NRSC and the NRCC, the National Republican Congressional Committee. They raise a lot of money. They go and they pick the candidates. They make the candidates use the consultants. And they do a lot of, you know, they help them once they've, they're out of the primary, run a campaign. And there's just nothing really that can compete with that um, in a more populist um, in a more populist group from more populist side. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not optimistic. Would I like us no. to take back the house? Yes. Do I think it's going to happen? It might, is it going to matter? I bet a hundred dollars. It doesn't matter.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, because you know <clears>
0: what, <throat> we're going to hear the same thing we always hear when any Republican takes power after the Democrats lose power, which is that we need to move on. You know, we need to move on. We, you, we can't, you know, go back and look into the Mueller stuff at the DOJ. We can't go back and look at what the Capitol police did during January 6th. You know, we're not going to bring up charges on any of the whatever shenanigans are going on behind the scenes that we've yet to learn about in the Biden administration. Um, We're not going to look at Hunter Biden. We just need to move on. That is what's going to happen.
1: Yeah, it's. uh, so, And I'm right. Very frustrating. Um So, before we sign off, we do have a little bit of good news about January 6th, apparently. (laughs) What? What? Uh, Apparently, there will be a 9-11-style commission. Um, The legislation came out today, and it looks, of course, Nancy Pelosi picks this New York representative, John Latko, who was the first Republican to announce that he would vote to impeach Donald Trump. Uh, After January 6th. So, of course, you know, we have (laughs) once again somebody, uh, you know, Republican doing the bidding of the left. Uh, But it looks like they are going to try to form some commission that will end up recommending laws to related to domestic terrorism and how they can use every tool of the U.S. government, which, of course, they're already using against domestic terrorists, which is code for Trump supporters
0: yeah exactly okay great well um i'm sure there's a high trust level of trust in the findings (laughs) of that committee um that is going to be the pretense for maybe they'll put liz cheney on
1: it it'll be like liz cheney adam
0: kinzinger you Uh, know that and then romney can like consult from the senate Um, you know that that is going to be another like just source of leaks and smearing that they are going to keep dripping out until the midterms. That's exactly what it is. So whatever. Um, I just, all I can do is throw my hands up. Yeah. Yes. Well,
1: um, the bottom line is we still have dozens of detainees being held in solitary confinement in a DC jail. This week, I listened to a detention hearing for the two men charged with the pepper spray attack I use in quotes attack on Brian Sicknick and a few other officers they were arrested in March they've been held behind bars ever since and a federal judge a Reagan appointee a geezer 83 years old he could barely get the facts straight of the case despite the fact that one of the men Julian Cater uh, family put up a 15 million dollar bond package they all put their homes up Um, To get him out of jail, the judge denied bond, denied bail to both men, saying they are a threat to society because they attempted to uh, attack our democracy and desecrate the Capitol, even though neither one ever, neither one went inside the building. And the video evidence is super sketchy. And only one man allegedly sprayed it. The other man did not. So nonetheless, they are being treated like mass murderers held in solitary confinement, being uh, abused by not these men, but there are reports of uh, detainees being abused by prison guards. And this is going to go on for months because a trial, the trials will start the end of August at the very earliest. Beryl Howell, the partisan hack Chief Judge of the D.C. District Court keeps extending uh, COVID-justified delays in trials and just signed another one. Uh, Trials won't even begin until September 1 at the very earliest. So these people are going to be rotting in jail while these judges uh, in the Beltway uh, continue their tribunals and keeping these people locked up away from their families and basically going insane.
0: Wow. Well, that's a, a great note to, um, you know, there's nothing more uplifting happy, than happy. Uh, indefinite incarceration by a government. So thank you so much for listening. We will be back next Friday. Um, have a great week. Thanks for listening to Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. We'll see you next week.